You're listening to the Connecticut Real Estate Edge Podcast, your source for tips and tricks on building wealth through real estate in Connecticut. You will get the best techniques from leading local experts in real estate and lending. Now, here's your host, Robert Weinberg. Saturday morning to everybody. Welcome to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast along with Rob Weinberg. I am uh, Gary Byron. Uh, good morning. Happy New Year. To, uh, well, New tomorrow Year. this is New Year's Eve. Look Almost. at you. Look at you coming in. You came in last week on Christmas Eve. You're coming in today on New Year's Eve. You, you've, I mean, this is a man who's dedicated. Um, I, I, how was your uh, – well, I know you don't celebrate Christmas per se, but – It was uh, good, though. The holiday season yeah. was good. Got together with family, put the business aside, put the work aside for a little bit. Are you doing anything tonight? You, how are you ringing in the new yeah, year? Yeah. Actually, <clears throat> uh, one of my wife's good friends from growing up is coming to our house for New Year's Eve, little shindig we're doing, and uh, they're bringing their new baby. Oh. So uh, Where are they my, from? Are they from out of new state? Jersey. No, new Jersey. Okay, new Jersey. So not too far, but – It'll be nice to, you know, hang out with some people our own age and still have my daughter playing with the baby and doing all that. So, like, it's nice. Like, this is what the holidays is, what the new year is all about, right? Are they staying over? Yes, of course. So you'll watch the ball come down in New York and Times Square and... Everything. I love... I've always wanted to go. I really have always wanted to go. A lot of people say, no, I want nothing to do with that. And I get it. But it's probably the only time that you'll see me saying I want to be in a big crowd of people, right? It just – there's an experience. There's an electricity. You, I've seen it on TV for decades and decades. I've always wanted to be there. There's actually a hotel in Times Square. I think it's the Marriott Marquis Hotel. With the and revolving restaurant. If I go, that's where I want to stay because if you get the right room, you can be in your room and watch the ball drop in your right out, there. out your window. Yep. That's yep. awesome. So that's because who wants to be outside December 31st well, depend, in New York City? Well, it depends on the time. Most of the time, yeah. it's not a good place. And yeah. not only be outside, but be outside for a very, very long time. I would rather pay top dollar for a nice, warm, heated hotel room that's right there and still be in the action. And you can still use the bathroom when you need to. Exactly. As opposed exactly. to out there. Wait, are you have a nice dinner tonight? Are you preparing something nice or are you what are you gonna do for dinner? Um I'm not a big Are you going out for do you have reservations? Usually, yeah, that's what we'll do is go out somewhere and have a nice dinner. Uh usually a celebratory dinner. Well, good. And I know this year has been hard for a lot of people sure. and for most. And I'm not immune from that either, you know. Real estate and mortgage is not at a high point it was a year ago. Let's not uh, you know, sugarcoated here. But I think it's important to not only celebrate success, but also celebrate the next chapter, the future, be optimistic about the future. Because if you're just going to sit there doom and gloom, being mad and sad about what happened, you're never going to be able to mentally get to that level, emotionally feel motivated, right? So that's why I like to do a celebratory dinner out, not at the house, but actually out somewhere. I think the only exception might have been 2020. I think we did takeout because, hey, who was going to eat at a restaurant in December of 2020? Not many. I wasn't. Um <laughs> My daughter had just been born December 3rd, so I definitely wasn't going out with her. But um, we actually brought in food that year from one of your favorite restaurants, Texas de Brazil. I love that place. Yep, yep. So it was a great dinner. Yeah. Um, Takeout, mind you. But 
normally speaking, I like to do it up. Maybe something five star if we can. Uh, still, still not a hundred percent sure. Need to double check with the guests, but it'll be good a good time for sure. Try the Manhattan. Okay, in Southington, great restaurant. Um, you, I, I figure we, you know, it's we're wrapping up the year, another year of the show, another year on the calendar. We already talked, I think, last week about uh some of the forecasting for the 2023 housing market i figured today it's, it's the last day of the year last day of the show for the year and well just in a f- few short hours we'll be starting a brand new year do you have, are you one for res- uh like a re- what is it called resolutions, resolutions. and things do you, do you have any of those yeah or? i i mean i like to get very specific and not do like 20 resolutions i like to get hone in and just do one or two main resolutions. What would they be then? I'm not, I don't know yet. <laughs> I'm not, I'm finalizing them. So I'll tell you He's next still waiting. time. Well, I don't want to jinx it, but for me, we talked about our financial planning show a few weeks ago mm. on goal setting. You need to actually take your goals and put them on paper. Take those resolutions and put them on paper. That one move, just putting the pen to paper and writing it down will multiply how quickly. And if you even have a shot at accomplishing those goals, cause you know, by the end of January, early February, most people have given up on their New Year's goals, uh, their resolutions. Certainly their diets. <laughs> yeah, their diets, their uh, working out schedule, that sort of thing. So I try to create something that's you know, attainable, that I can do long term. Um, it's also something I collaborate with my spouse on. I like to have a team effort going with that, um, especially for some financial goals or like family goals and what we want to do as a family for the for the new year. So I think that's important, too, is the accountability we talked about having someone to help keep you accountable. But today I want to shift and really be talking about like innovation, the future technology, oh. right? Because that's where the world is going. And how does that apply to buying a house? How does that apply to getting a mortgage? So we're going to be talking about innovations in the mortgage process. Have have you, speaking of which, we've heard of smartphones, smart TVs, right? Um, There's smart homes. Have you heard of this? Yeah, smart home. I don't know the exact definition, but the way I understand it is that a smart home has at least, I believe, three Techno uh, innovative features uh, that could be like a doorbell that hooks to your phone, the ring. Doorbell, oh, the ring, right? Okay, that's ring. one example. Okay. Another one would be a smart thermostat, which would be like the Nest thermostat, where you can control it from your phone. Okay. Um, those are the main two that I have in my home that I know of. Uh, but there's other features, obviously. But I believe a smart home has to either have two or three of those features for it to be marketed in the real estate market as a smart Does home. that really make it, are people just looking for, does you can it really help you sell your home, home? I mean, yes, yeah, some, definitely, because some people, they want to just bring their toothbrush and move in. So if it's already got the ring doorbell, it's already got the Nest thermostat, and it's ready to go, then it's going to be more attractive. I had bought a home in 2017 that was bought from a home flipper, right? So they had bought the house, renovated it, so it didn't have any of that stuff at all. It didn't have any technology. Yeah, the floors were redone. The Everything was painted. That was great. But we had to actually create a smart home. Okay. Uh, so you can do this even with a home built in the 50s, 60s, or before. Look at how fast. Just 2017. Look at Things are already moving rapidly. What are then some of the more significant technological advances that have made the mortgage process easier and even more efficient? So I'd say the number one technology or technological advance in the mortgage industry really over the last several years has been online loan applications and online document submission. So for people that are listening that got a mortgage more than 10 years ago, 
you probably remember you either had to go in and meet with a banker face to face or you had a phone call where you had to give them all your personal information over the phone. Those are really the only two options. Now you can actually do an online application where you don't even have to talk with anyone. I still do the face to face. I still do the uh, telephone all the time, but I give people the option. So you can actually do it online. I have people filling out loan applications at three o'clock in the morning that work second shift or, you know, weird shifts at their jobs. So that's totally fine. And then the document submission is huge too, because you used to actually have to go somewhere to fax documents to your banker to get a mortgage, or you'd have to go and give it to them in person. Now, I'd say less than 5% of my clients actually come and give their documents in person. The rest are doing it through technology, through these document portals and that sort of thing. So those are big advances. Also electronic signatures. You know, technology has made it possible for home buyers and mortgage borrowers to actually sign the loan documents, specifically the initial disclosures and a lot of even the closing documents can be signed electronically. That's going to speed up the process because that... I remember in 2009, we were FedExing documents to people. We would send you a FedEx with all the documents. You would sign everything where we would highlight, and then you would put it back in the return FedEx, go to your Kinko's or wherever, you drop it off there, and then they get it to us the next day. Well, two things happen. Number one, that process going back and forth could take three to four business days, okay? Now, that can be done in the matter of a couple of hours, Um, The other thing is just the speed when you're going through each document, it can take an hour to go through, you know, 100 pages or more with the online. It's very quick for people to click and it just gets done a lot quicker. Um, Another uh, technological advance that's come over the last I think it's the 10 years or so, Mark, automated underwriting. So in the mortgage process, there needs to be an underwriting of the loan. There needs to be a review of the credit report, the income, that sort of thing. Well, that used to all have to be done by a person that got paid to look at everything. Now, there's something called automated underwriting where before it gets to a real person, it goes through an artificial intelligence system which looks at the credit, looks at the income, looks at all the input that the mortgage loan officers put in the system and looks for red flags and tells us within a matter of a minute or less whether that loan is eligible for certain loan programs. So that's a huge advancement. When I started in the mortgage industry in 2004, 2005 time, we didn't have any of that automated underwriting. Mm. So it was a lot more cumbersome of a process. The last advancement that's been more recent has been digital mortgage closings. So some mortgage lenders, myself being one of them, actually offer the option to close a mortgage electronically. Now, depending on the state and and all of the specifics of the attorney that you're working with, it sometimes can be done online where you don't even have to go anywhere to meet with anyone. Or other times you can do most of the documents online and then you just do a quick face-to-face meeting to sign a few of the ones here in Connecticut. Some of the documents do still have to be signed in front of an actual real estate attorney. But you can see there's been a lot of innovation and that's going to continue. How how has technology impacted the role of mortgage loan officers and and, and and maybe even other industry professionals? Right. So what's happened is that 
as a loan officer and as someone in the mortgage industry, like there's a lot of boxes we have to check when we're going through an applicant, a borrower, looking at how they can get a loan and whether they'll be approved for a loan. So they've made it, technology's made it a lot easier and more efficient. It's increased our efficiency because the technology now does a lot of the heavy lifting for us when it comes to calculations, analyzing information, accessing information. Um, and it can help us move loans a lot quicker through the process. So like when I started, 30 days was considered a really quick closing. Now I've got people closing in two weeks, sometimes even less. Why? Because of this technology, because of this efficiency. Also, enhanced communication is a big piece of technology when it comes to the mortgage process because a lot of mortgage professionals now are using email, they're using text message, they're using electronic communication to communicate with borrowers and other people in the process like realtors, appraisers, home inspectors. It can make it a lot easier for everyone to keep up and informed in the process. That wasn't possible years ago. Like We literally had to pick up the phone and call when there was an announcement or a milestone that we hit. We'd have to call the attorney, then we'd call the realtor, then we'd call the buyer, then we'd call the set. Like it was this huge thing that could draw out for a long time. Now we can send an email or a text message. Boom. That communication is huge. Greater accessibility has also been a huge piece of this. So because of the technology advancements, now I have buyers that can contact me even after hours with a question. I had a buyer last night that's actually closing next week on their home, and they had a really, really urgent question for me. It was nine o'clock at night. Well, normally they'd have to wait till the next day. In this case, he shot me a text with his question. I was able to text back within minutes and get his question answered. 10, 15 years ago, that wasn't possible. That's just huge to have access to your professional when you need them. Now, this is not everybody's not doing this. Like if you're using one of these online lenders or these big box banks, you're probably not going to be able to reach your loan officer after five o'clock or early, early in the morning before business hours. But when you're dealing with an independent mortgage banker or a, a professional that actually operates their own practice, that's where you'll find the greater accessibility. The last thing is accuracy. The technology has allowed us to be a lot more accurate with these systems so that we can make sure everything matches that needs to match. And if not, it will tell us so it doesn't cause a major problem down the line because this stuff gets right. reviewed quite well, a bit. Maybe then discuss some of the tools or new tools, I should say, uh, or even platforms that are being used to streamline the mortgage process. Right. So something that's come over the last couple of years, it's been the rise of something called a digital mortgage platform. So this is a platform that allows a borrower to apply for the loan, they can submit documents, and they can communicate with their lender and get updates from their lender entirely online. This entire thing can be in one portal or in one platform. And some of these platforms have also started offering the electronic closings or the digital closings. Um, as well as electronic signatures, and that can further streamline the process like we talked about. Some of the examples of the ones that I use are called Flowify, and the other one is called Maxwell. So those are the actual brand names of, of, and there are others, but those are really the top ones I know in the industry that have created these digital mortgage platforms. You know, it's something you might want to check with your lender about to see if they even offer this. Cause as I said earlier, a lot of banks, credit unions, and big box, uh, online lenders, like they don't actually offer 
a lot of this advancement, or they may offer one piece of it, but not the other. So check with your lender. The other thing is mortgage origination software. This is software that we can use now to automate some of the tasks that are involved in originating and processing a mortgage, including like document preparation, compliance checks, that sort of thing. And then the last uh, thing that I would say along the lines of platforms that are being used to help with the mortgage process is going to be mobile apps. So a lot of lenders now are transitioning to using a mobile app on your phone that you can get to access your information, see where your loan is at in process. You can make payments on your loan using the app, um, all that type of stuff. And this applies to not only originating your loan and getting your loan closed, but then after your loan is in place, as I said, making payments, getting updates on the status of where your loan's at, your escrow account, things of that nature. Now via mobile apps, almost everyone uses a phone, so we might as well be adapting to it, which is great. How about the rise of online lending platforms? Um, have they affected traditional mortgage, the, the traditional mortgage industry? They have. So, I mean, we can't talk about technology and innovation in the mortgage industry without addressing the online lending platforms. Um, these are online lenders where there is no brick and mortar location. They are not local to you. Okay. So you might be buying a house in Connecticut and you're dealing with someone that's in Chicago, or you might be buying a house in Miami and you're dealing with someone that's in Kentucky. How is that possible? Because it's an online platform. Everyone's working remotely. Everyone's working from home. But let's talk about how it's actually affected the traditional mortgage industry, which is where I grew up. That's where I work is the traditional mortgage industry where we're like, we have a real office. You can see who we are. You know we're real. We have credibility. We have experience. You're not going to find that with the online platforms. But what they have done is they have increased competition in the industry. Online lending platforms have created new sources of competition for us because they offer different options. You know, some people don't want to talk to anyone. I personally feel that's wrong, especially when you're making the biggest financial decision of your life. But there is a subset of people, they have excellent credit, great job history, great income, and they're just too busy to talk with a lender. So they (laughs) want to do everything online without dealing with anyone. Hey, if that's your cup of tea, these online platforms may be the best bet for you. But it's created that increased competition for us as traditional lenders because it's more people competing for business. Convenience is another thing. Like I was just saying, a lot of people nowadays, we're all just so busy with everything that's going on, school, work, life, kids, etc. Online lending platforms have made it easier to actually complete the mortgage process in some cases because they've moved the entire process online. And in most cases, these online lenders are going to allow you to do your disclosures online. You can do the closing online, that sort of thing. So it can be very convenient to do that. But don't think that they're the only ones that can offer that because myself being a traditional lender, I offer those same products, those same programs that they offer, the e-closing, the the electronic disclosures, the online portals, like we're doing all the same things, but also with a real person, also with a local presence. It's the best of both worlds. I will tell you one of the worst parts of an online lender where I get a lot of people giving me feedback that call me that say, hey, Rob, I was approved with this online lender. And at the last minute before closing, they denied my loan. Had a client a year ago, right around Christmas time. The realtor I've worked with quite a few times, she called me frantically and said, Rob, they were supposed to close tomorrow. The lender denied their mortgage today. It was an online lender. I will leave their name out because they're really struggling. They're probably going to go out of business soon because this happens so often. When you're dealing with a machine and not a person, 
even a, a very smart robot has limited problem solving capabilities. And on almost every mortgage, there's some sort of problem that has to be solved. Some sort of problem. It might be your income. It might be an appraisal. It might be your credit. Well, what ends up happening is those problems don't get solved. They simply say we can't do it and they deny the mortgage. They're trained in their artificial intelligence. If these red flags pop up, if these problems pop up, that's it. You're not getting the mortgage. You're done. That's why and that's most of the time, unfortunately, why people have these bad experiences is because of the limited problem solving that these artificial intelligence or that these online platforms can actually do during the process. Folks, you are listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show and the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast along with Rob Weinberg. I'm Gary Byron. You can make an appointment with Rob at 860-413-3938 and check him out online at robgw.com. I'll give you that information again in, in a few short minutes. Um, I want to continue, though. Are, are there any potential drawbacks or maybe even concerns with this using this technology in the mortgage process? Because I just heard that story and I'm like, yeah, that triggered off. I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's I'd rather deal with a human being. And people are starting to wisen up for that to that and realize that maybe technology, it's got mm. great uses, but maybe it's not one size fits all. So the potential drawbacks are really what I want to bring your attention to. Number one would be security, right? So in a mortgage transaction, we're dealing with social security numbers. We're dealing with credit reports. We're dealing with personal documents, bank statements, retirement, investment accounts. There's definitely a security risk there, right? When you're doing it all online, what if you send it to the wrong email address? What if where you're uploading that document to gets compromised? Your information might get into the wrong hands. We can't talk about technology without discussing the security issue around that. So it's important for a mortgage lender to have steps in place and have a process in place to ensure that the data is protected from being accessed by unauthorized individuals. Some of the things that we're doing on a, on a level with my company is all the systems have double authentication. So it's like a password and a code sent to your phone. Not just one where someone can steal your password, but multiple authentication. Uh, the other thing is going to be that we're using encryption. So the systems that we use are 128-bit encrypted so that they're very, very difficult to get access to. And I also have a whole IT department that's monitoring constantly for threats. And they've happened. We've gotten threats, but we've been able to diffuse them before they become an issue because we have an entire department that that's all they're doing. So that's a security risk. Next thing is accessibility. Not everyone has access to this, this technology. If you're dealing with someone, maybe they're 56. 60, 70 years old buying a home or refinancing, they may not be comfortable applying for a mortgage on their mobile app on their phone, right? They may not be comfortable like just uploading their documents online. I still have people that do want to come in and meet face to face. You're not going to have that accessibility with an online lender. Human interaction is important. Some people prefer, like you said, to actually meet with someone eyeball to eyeball, mm -hmm. shake a hand, belly to belly, the right. old school way. And they'll be more comfortable discussing their financial circumstance and discussing their financial situation with people that are actually like real people that they can see and feel and touch and all that sort of thing. Um, and then the last thing is dependence on technology. The more we use this stuff, the more dependent we become. But as you know, like technology has problems. Technology doesn't always work. So relying on technology to complete your mortgage is fine, but it also means if something goes wrong, your entire deal may fall apart. You need to have the ability to do that other stuff to get offline as well. How do you see the role of technology evolving in the mortgage industry in, in the future? 
So I would say I see increased automation coming. You know, there's going to be more of this right. automation and artificial intelligence coming uh, up the pike, which is great. It's going to play a larger role. It's going to increase and enhance the customer experience and make the speed even better. Data analysis is going to be even quicker. So like we've come a long way, as you're hearing, with automated underwriting. It's going to be taken to another level. I've even heard of some lenders using artificial intelligence underwriters now, where you can actually type in a question on a guideline and get an artificial intelligence answer where it'll look up that guideline, which is hundreds, even thousands of pages, and spit out that information to you in literally minutes. I think we're going to see that happen more and more and more, which is going to be great. And last thing is increased security. As the mortgage industry keeps utilizing this technology and keeps adapting innovation, I think there's going to be a greater need to ensure that everyone's data is protected and that the sensitive customer data isn't going to be like misused. And I'm talking about more encryption, biometric authentication with fingerprinting, that sort of thing. So then what advice uh, would, would you have for mortgage borrowers who are maybe looking to take advantage of these this technology to improve their experience. I would say my my biggest advice would be, you know, do your research. A lot of mortgage lenders have online platforms that allow you to apply for a mortgage and do all that stuff. Take time to research your options. Take time to find a lender that offers the amenities and the technology that you are going to use. Um and don't go with an online lender just because you saw something online. <laughs> As we're talking about, there can be a lot more negatives to that than positives. You want to also take advantage of the online tools that are available, though, like um, monthly payment calculators. You know, there's places you can plug in, like the price of the house and the taxes, and get uh, at least an estimate on what your payment's going to be. You can calculate your loan to value ratio, understand your different options. It can just be a better way for you to understand. Uh, you know, the different mortgages that are available and help you make a more uh, informed decision. And last thing is going to be protect your personal info. Be aware of the risks. Keep an eye on everything. Use strong passwords. Protect your login information. And be cautious of suspicious emails and calls that come in that may be trying to obtain your personal information or defraud you. Um, I hope I didn't ask this question already. I'm just wondering if there's any emergency, uh, emergency, like emerging technologies that have the potential to disrupt the mortgage industry in the coming years. Yeah, there's actually several. And we're talking about looking out now. When you asked before, it was looking at what we have today. Right, okay. I'm looking out in the future over the next couple of years. Artificial intelligence is becoming huge. Many of our listeners may have heard of ChatGPT. It's the brand new artificial intelligence tool that came out, sweeping the country by storm. They're saying it could overtake Google as the main way people get information. That's going to come to mortgage. Um, machine learning is going to be helping to automate more of the tasks that actual people need to do now. So it's going to make it a lot quicker to get your loan through the process. Blockchain technology. I know crypto is not doing well now, but the technology behind it is not going anywhere. We're going to see blockchain mortgages come onto the scene very soon, and they're going to revolutionize the way that mortgages are done and the way that investors securitize the mortgages. Digital mortgage platforms, we're going to continue to see the evolution of that. More of those coming out. Biometric excuse me, Biometric authentication. That's going to be like facial recognition and fingerprint scanning. That could be used to verify your identity at a closing or when you're applying for a mortgage. Imagine putting your finger in and we get your credit and all your information. That's coming. Virtual reality and augmented reality. I think the real estate uh, market and the real estate pros that are out there are going to start using virtual reality to actually show you homes. They're start going to 
going to start using augmented reality. We're going to be able to go into homes and move around them using virtual reality. It's going to make showing a home and buying real estate a lot easier. It also opens up the potential, though, for errors, I think, too. Um, but you know, maybe I'm just old school. Hey, who knows? Folks, uh, you've been listening to Mortgage Matters Radio Show in the Connecticut Real Estate Edge podcast. I want to give you, as I promised earlier, some points of contact. You can find out more information about this show and previous shows on Rob's website at robgw.com. Again, it's robgw.com. And the phone number, get your pen ready. I'm going to give it to you twice here. 860-413-3938. I'll slow it down. 860-413-3938. And by the way, if you've got a question that you'd like to have answered right here on these very airwaves, maybe it's even soon as next weekend, uh, write this down and email us at mortgagemattersradioshow at gmail.com. Folks, uh, keep it safe tonight. Enjoy your new year. For Rob Weinberg, I'm Gary Byron. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Mortgage Matters Radio Show in the Connecticut Real Estate Age Podcast. Until next weekend, have a good one, everybody. So long. Thanks for listening. If you have questions about the information we've covered or would like to discuss mortgage financing for your situation, you can reach Robert Weinberg by visiting www.robgw.com.